This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. and fans welcome to this month's episode of one of the uh newest i guess you could say although we are now a half dozen in so maybe it's not as new but still one of the most listened to of our monthly shows here on the ptv wrestling network welcome to through the looking glass i am your co-host scott criscolo uh thank you for all of your support not just i mean all of our shows because all of our shows the the epic ogs but even some of our newer shows like this one and PTBN's Pedestal and YouTube Roulette and uh, the other Sean's new show, When I Was a Mark. A uh, ton of ton of new shows that have popped up over the last few months. And that includes, of course, uh, this one, which started back in, uh, oh, my God, November, uh, October, right? O- yeah, October. October yeah. Yeah. Wow. Who's that voice, everyone? Doesn't it? It thunders from the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, I always bring him in because he is an OG and he's one of my personal favorite humans on the planet, even though he's on way on the other end of the planet. The Thunder from Down Under, uh, Mr. Dave Hall. Uh, happy uh, Easter, post-Easter, I guess, uh, Dave. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, hi to everyone out there uh, listening in the PTB, uh, the PTB Nation, the PTB Network. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, post-Easter. We've I've had, a, I've had a lovely Easter weekend down here in Australia. We've, uh, we, we've um, after... After about six to eight weeks of what felt like non-stop rain, we've had a lovely and glorious, beautiful weekend. So it's been a great way to spend time with family, and uh, and my my two sons have have enjoyed being out and about and out in the sun and hunting for eggs and or they're getting old for that, but hunting for the Easter eggs and enjoying their chocolate. So I hope everyone had a great Easter uh, Easter weekend, a great Easter break, and. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been fantastic. How's life up there in the in the northern hemisphere? Well, uh, it's funny you mentioned good weather because I always goof with you that obviously for those that don't know, I've, uh, where we are, depending where you are here in the northern in the western hemisphere, over where Dave is, it's the complete opposite. So uh, in January when it was like three degrees. Dave, it was 103 degrees, but, uh, uh, you know, it's funny, Dave, we almost were in symmetry because like late last week, Thursday, Friday, it was getting up to the, uh, mid sixties, almost 70 in some spots, uh, here in Connecticut in the Northeast, but, uh, Easter Sunday, it dropped back into the forties. So it's like winter just wants to keep kicking us while we're down and not going away and making our lives miserable. So, um, hopefully by the time we do May's episode, uh, I'll be, <laughs> well, you and I will be kind of in symmetry. We could both have the same temperature. Of course, by July, I'll be in the nineties and you'll be in the teens, but, uh, <laughs> which I, which is, <laughs> which is pretty, which is pretty funny, but I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm so happy uh, to be with you as I, as always uh, on our monthly journeys, uh, Dave, uh, for those that have not had a chance to listen, our, our episode, if, if you're clicking on this and I've said this the last few episodes, so I'll probably stop after this one. Uh, if you're clicking on this episode for the first time, welcome. Uh, welcome to our show, Through the Looking Glass, and welcome, of course, to the PTB Wrestling Network. Uh, if you are uh, new, 
uh, our shows are not uh, chronological. It's not like the place to be podcast or where we're going in an order of something. Uh, Dave and I are doing uh, completely separate journeys from each other. So you may continue to listen to this episode and then please go to the back catalog starting back in uh, November. And we had uh, or October, I'm sorry, October. And uh, we had uh, we had a fun time. Uh, let's see. So in October, we did uh, and I'm this also the last time I'm going to do this. Uh, in October, our first episode, we we went through uh, CM Punk's 2011-2012 uh, into early 13 run and kind of maybe tweaked it a little bit. Uh, November, of course, Dave Dave really wanted us to go to the Pink Sky universe. Uh, we went to a time where everything in 1997 at WWF was happy and copacetic. There was no Montreal. There was no screw job. Sean, Brett, Vince, everybody was happy at the same time. And we kind of rebooked the Attitude Era with Brett around. That was a fun episode. I enjoyed that. Check that one out if you it haven't was. listened. It mm-hmm. was. Uh, December, we rebooked Goldberg's streak in WCW. January, we did some. We did a Royal Rumble episode. February, uh, we uh, we rebooked uh, Ultimate Warrior, 1990-1991. Kind of tweaked his world title reign a little bit and tried to get some more legs out of it. And of course, in March, we did a uh, we of course we did a WrestleMania themed episode. So great shows. Uh, please check them out. Again, they're not chronological, so you don't have to shut this one off and go back to episode one. Please keep listening. But then when you're done here. Uh, check out our back catalog of not just our show, but all the great shows here on the uh, PTB Wrestling Network. Uh, the last two episodes have been a little long, uh, a little longer than we usually plan, but we'll try and be pretty tight with this one. However, this is going to be a fun one. This is totally Dave's idea, and and Dave likes to make things tough for him and I because we are uh, very experienced uh, wrestling fans. So we've lived through many, many years of everything in professional wrestling. So, uh, this was an interesting topic and also very, um, uh, very themed, uh, fortunately for the time, the, uh, that has, uh, uh, in terms of current events in pro wrestling, um, we lost one of, uh, one of the most popular and beloved wrestlers in our business and Dave, uh, decided to kind of do an episode kind of themed on that. So Dave, my brother, why don't you, uh. Why don't you? Well, first of all, before we do that, uh, obviously we are a couple of weeks past what was a exceptional WrestleMania. Um, everyone knows how my WrestleMania was because I was there and check out last Monday. We dropped episode 600 of the Place Be podcast and JR and I did live from Dallas. So you know how we were. And I watched, I talked about it on a main event. I talked about it on the NWA Saturday special. So everybody knows my feelings on the show. But Dave, it's the first time I've talked to you, sir. Uh, what were your thoughts, positives and negatives of the two days of uh, of WrestleMania in Arlington? Well, I will be I'll be uh, honest. Uh, it has been a long time since I uh, had a desire or an inkling to even try and sit and watch uh, a full show, let alone two nights of a show. But I did uh, sit down and watch both nights of WrestleMania, and I, I will say I'm going to say. At the start of this, I really enjoyed um, enjoyed the event. It, it was it was a it was a really good event. I think I think they did a really good job. I think that the first night was absolutely exceptional. Um, one of if the first night was all you got, if 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 night one of WrestleMania was the only WrestleMania event you got 
all year. I think it would have ranked in up as one of the best ever. I really was that high. The first night flew by. I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of great stuff. Uh, obviously, Austin's return to the ring was outstanding, and he really brought it. And uh, credit to, to Kevin Owens for helping Austin work the type of match that Austin needed. It was clear that um, they had to take some shortcuts and they had to to work around Austin's limitations with with his with his body. But at the same time, you wouldn't have known it. Um, looking at the match and looking at what they did, they that it was outstanding, and uh, and I really enjoyed really enjoyed that match and really enjoyed that whole first night. So yeah, it was good. But then the the this, look the second night was was okay, but I really I think both on the back of what they pulled off on the first night, it was I really felt a bit of a letdown. Uh, there were a variety of circumstances I think that didn't didn't help the situation that, that the second night sort of it felt like a real downer and I think in the end it sort of brought the overall feel of the weekend back a little bit so to, to move from one of the best ever to it was all right it was good it was good but um yeah it, it sort of I struggled through to get through the entire the, the second night. That that that's uh, that was the big key for me. The big difference. The first night flew. The second night started to drag. What was your thoughts? Because I, I have to give WWE a lot of credit because I was very surprised. I didn't know if they would do this or not. They gave uh, because it was two nights, and it was obviously pre-announced that Austin would be at, there for night one with the Kevin Owens uh, and the match that we thought would ever happen, but. Uh, the fact that they did something where Austin came out again Sunday night and then Taker also came out Sunday night, because let's be honest, and WWE was smart to do this. You, you can't you can't think or rely on the fact that everybody that's in the building bought both tickets, both nights, because mm-hmm. and I've said this on multiple shows that I talked about it. The people that sat in front of me on Sunday were not the people that sat in front of me on Saturday. Totally different row of people. Our row was the same. We sat in different seats on both nights. Uh, We switched them around for ourselves. But uh, the fact that WWE gave everybody Steve Austin on both both, uh, Saturday and Sunday, as well as Taker, I thought was was pretty cool. And I thought it was very smart on them and smart business-wise to give people the benefit that maybe they couldn't go Saturday, but were there Sunday. And it wasn't fair that only one night got both Austin and, uh, and, um, and taker. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, look, I think it was, I think it was good. I think for me, uh, some things I felt were a little telegraphed. The moment McMahon, the moment Vince stayed at ringside for that Austin Theory McAfee match, I think everyone knew Austin was coming down, and it was a good, it was a good way to bring that back because Austin was about bringing in the fans from that era. I mean, new fans are not tuning in to the product to see Steve Austin. That's got that nostalgia feel to it, but but. Austin being promoted the way he was, that the target audience were people like me, 
people who uh, were big Austin fans, you know, lived through the Attitude Era, lived through that time, maybe aren't sticking with the product as much, not, you know, not watching week to week and not not as as closely following the way they used to. That to me was why they brought Austin in, and to to have that little run in with Vince on the Sunday, I think was a good was a good resolution. And like I said, I knew it was coming the minute I knew Vince was going to be at ringside. And there was a lot of rumours about him being involved in the McAfee match, so you knew that that was always coming. So I thought it was good. I thought it was they kept the second night. Um, they didn't overuse Austin. He came out. He stunned Vince. He he stunned Theory. He stunned McAfee, mm-hmm. and then and then he left. Like he didn't. They didn't make it. They didn't overplay it to the point that you sat there and go, well, you know, I, you know, it it, it took anything away from from what he did with Kevin Owens on night one. So mm-hmm. right. I thought they they kept it well. The same with same with Taker. He came out. He he greeted everyone. He he did the arm up and then he he walked off. They didn't overplay anything, um, and I think that was good because uh, it it allowed it, it gave what they did on the first night prominence and made it important. And and then on the second night, those who like you said, those who maybe didn't see it, they got a taste. They got a taste of 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 this of the star of the of the of of the the sort of impact they have without taking away anything from what else was happening that night mm. i agree with you on that i agree with you on that they he you know it, i think that austin i don't think you're never going to see him again but he got a lot out of the weekend and that's it i i think you i think austin will be off camera i think you'll see more uh i think you'll see more um uh, uh, broken skull sessions on the network or Peacock, depending where you live. Uh, but I think his, uh, I think you know that was his one match. We're good. I'm good. We're good. I think that was. I think that's what Austin. You get the feeling that's what Austin wanted. We know that the match he had his his previous now what he's now his previous last match against The Rock while it was in a prominent role. It, it's well documented that Austin was struggling with his health. He had the um, the anxiety attack uh, the mm-hmm. night before and wasn't sure he was going to get in. And and he's even admitted he wasn't as happy with that match as as he would like. So Austin's previous last match for him was a letdown. What he put on this 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 WrestleMania this it it, it makes it a a respectable last match. It, it makes it a something that he can go away, go, oh, man, I'm, I, I would be happy with with what I did, and I'd be happy with the reaction, and I'd be happy with how it went down, and 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 what he produced in the ring for his body condition, I think was was outstanding. I, I think they, you know, they 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 kept him in the t-shirt and the shorts, I guess they were wanting to make it a bit more of a surprise when they would, you know, had been advertising. It was going to be the, the, the sit down talk, although everyone knew something more was going to happen. If he'd come out in, in the tights, uh, it would have given away what was going to happen. Um, it might've been nice to see him strip the shirt off during the match or have Owen strip it off him during the match. But 
you know, because there's a lot of talk he's in really good condition. So whether mm-hmm. he needed the whether he needed to stay in the shirt, look, I, I don't think you know. I've heard the arguments and debates. I don't think that really matters because what matters is Austin no, no. produced. Austin produced, and we know Austin's always been a perfectionist about what he produces in the ring. Um, he's been very vocal about that, and he he produced something that I think he would be proud of, and that's a good way to sign out. Yep, I agree, hundred percent. I agree, hundred percent. All right. Speaking of uh, mania and what ifs and uh, things that we thought wouldn't happen and did, let us dive into this month. You know, we're not talking about WrestleMania for this whole show, uh, <laughs> but but I was going around the horn. It's the first time Dave and I have uh, chatted since since it happened. So I want to make sure Dave got his opinions. Uh, you guys have heard mine more than enough times. If you don't have to listen to me talk about it. So, uh, but speaking of a guy, you know, speaking of guys who, uh, you know. We're big over the over the similar to Austin's era, maybe a little bit slightly before. Um, Dave, why don't you introduce us to tonight's topic? Because uh, it's very it's very topical. And I think it's something that uh, it's another great topic that everybody's going to think about. So fire away, sir. Get us ready. Yeah, well, um, as as you alluded to earlier, just probably a week after we finished recording our our last episode, um, the wrestling world was um, sh- uh, shaken and, and shocked by the the sudden passing of uh, of the the legendary Scott Hall, and um, it was it was very sad, and it, it got me thinking um, uh, about who Scott Hall was and how he was. Um, how he was presented. And and one of the things that struck me when I went back and looked at Scott Hall and looked at um, his career, one of the things that really stood out to me is that for a lot of his career, early in his career, he was often touted as a future world champion. Uh, it, when you, If you were a reader of, of PWI, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and its sister magazines often talked him up as uh, uh, someone to watch in the future, someone who will probably be a future world champion. When you look at the the lists, you know, when people like to put together their lists of the best wrestlers never to win a world title, Scott Hall is normally near the top of that list. Uh, you know, along with guys like your, 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 your Mr. Perfects and your Ted DiBiase's, uh, Scott Hall is one of the people who normally comes at the top of that list. And it got me thinking, what if... What if Scott Hall had an opportunity to be a world champion? I do think there are multiple times when he was presented or placed in a in a role or in a in a, in a level in in the companies that he was working for where it was. Uh, I don't think it was far away from being given a, a run with the belt. And so I thought it'd be it'd be a good idea. It'd be a good way to honor Scott Hall and a good way to give some good tribute to him to have a little bit of a look at some of the parts of his career where perhaps a world title run would not have been out of the question, would have been uh, something that I think the wrestling universe would have uh, accepted and, and would have would have enjoyed enjoyed seeing so tonight's looking glass is 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 just that we're going to look at a little bit at scott hall's career and and have a look at times when maybe he could have become a world champion um but before we get there um scott um talking about scott um (laughs) 
when when did Scott Hall first come across your radar? Because as I said, he was for, for those of us that were growing up in that time period and you know in the in the late eighties, early nineties, the pro wrestling illustrated he was one of those guys who was being put out there. He he was a guy that got a lot of press. When did he first come on your radar? Uh Believe it or not, uh, quite early, as a matter of fact, I uh, I first saw Scott Hall uh, in the uh, AWA uh, back in, oh, God, probably 85, I think, 86, uh, when he and Kurt Hennig, of course, the future Mr. Perfect, uh, were the AWA tag team champions. Um, I would say it was probably 85, I think they were tag champions, because I think it was probably by late 86, early 87, that 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 uh, Kurt Hennig had started feuding with Bockwinkel for the world title. Hmm. So I, I, I remember first seeing Scott Hall probably like 1985 in the AWA when he was teaming with Kurt, uh, Kurt Hennig and had the big mustache. Um, then I kind of lost my radar for a little bit. I saw him, I guess, brief, briefly on Crockett when he was um, Starship Eagle, I think he was. I think he was teaming with, uh, I think he was tag teaming with... Uh, uh, Dan Eddie Spivey, Spivey. yeah, uh, as the Starships or whatever the heck their name was. Um, then he kind of faded a bit. I think he did some indie stuff. And then uh, it was probably 1991 when everybody really caught look of him uh, when he was the Diamond Stud in uh, in WCW in 91 with uh, 1991 with uh, an early 92 with uh, DDP with Diamond Dallas Page. There was a rumor. Uh, I read somewhere that he uh, may have been thought of to join the Dangerous Alliance, uh, but that did not come to pass. And then he eventually, I think, just left quietly in the in the spring of uh, of 92. And then, of course, you know, we all saw him that summer. And then in the fall of 92, he obviously debuted in uh, the WWF as Razor Ramon. But. I, I first saw him, Dave, uh, as far back as 1985, I think, early 86, because uh, we used to get the where I lived here in Connecticut. We used to get the AWA uh, like three o'clock in the afternoon, I think a couple times a week on ESPN. So I got like my two hour AWA fix because, you know, back then you'll take anything uh, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> when you're a kid, if, if there's two guys beating each other up in a ring, I watched it. So, uh, yeah, so that's probably where I first saw him was probably 85 in, in AWA. Was it that early for you? Um, no, uh, we, uh, we didn't get AWA down here. Um, as I said, I started, um, getting into PWI in 1988 and at that time, Scott Hall, uh, I think was down in Florida. So you'd see his name pop up in, in the names making news or the, mm-hmm. you know, the ring results section. The first time I saw Scott Hall in the ring was the 1989 Great American Bash because he oh, right. was in the two ring battle royal that night. Yep. yep. Um, for for you know, got pretty well no focus, but uh, when you go back and, and watch it again, you, you, know, you you see him there. So that's the that's the first time I saw him. Um, I I um the his diamond stud run was actually something I encountered after the um, his debut in the WWF. So because of the way some of the videos came out down here in Australia, 
he'd already moved into um, the Razor Ramon character in the WWF when it, when I got to see those uh, those few late ninety one um, uh, wrestling videos from WCW right. down here in Australia when he was Diamond Stud. So I remember seeing it going, "That's Razor Ramon." Uh, and, uh, and he, and he had the toothpick and he had this. So for those people, you know, go back nine, you know, we go back to 96 where, you know, Vince wants to sue WCW because of, you know, stealing characters or whatever. He had the toothpick, he had the hair, he had the swagger in, in late 91 as the diamond stud. But, uh, but yeah, no, look, obviously really it was, it was his arrival in, in WWF in, in, in late 92, and I guess from my perspective, you could tell they had, you could tell Vince and WWF had big things planned for Scott from the moment he arrived because he was immediately put in the ring with Randy Savage. And mm-hmm. when he de- when he debuted and when they're doing the vignettes, Randy Savage was the world champion. So we're not talking about a guy who was coming in you know, work the way up the card and, and all right. that. he came straight right. into a, into a, in, I don't think I've ever known anyone to come in apart from maybe Ric Flair. I don't think anyone has ever come in in such a prominent position because he was lined up calling out the world champion, cost the world champion his title and is immediately booked in a series of matches with Randy Savage culminating in the, the tag match at, at Survivor Series 92. So that was, it's a big arrival. It's a big, uh, it's a big push right from the outset. They, they obviously had, yeah, they had big things in plan for him from the moment he turned up. Yeah, I uh, I remember I was in, when he started, when the vignettes came up, I was just starting my, uh, I was in the summer '92, so I was just starting my sophomore year in college, and I remember uh, my uh, actually it was when I first it was the, that fall uh, I actually first met Dr. G. Uh, we met in college in '92, and when I first started hanging out in his dorm, uh, his roommate, who kind of liked wrestling, but he was from the islands, he had a, uh, a and I'll never forget it. He had a PWI article that said, and, and you're talking about the Savage thing. It said, "Kienes mas macho," and that was the and the, it was a split picture, and it was macho. It was Randy Savage and Razor Ramon, and I'm like, "Wow, they're really pushing this guy to the moon, huh?" Because you know, uh, and Rick, like you mentioned, Rick Flair, and even that's a separate case because I mean, Flair's Flair. I mean, by then he was yeah. you know, one of the best in the world, and you know, multi-time you know, NWA world heavyweight champion. So he was already like up there when he came to the WWF, he wasn't going to have to crawl up the ladder. I mean, his first feud was with Piper. So, uh, razor, you know, Scott Hall was just kind of coasting, uh, you know, coasting through the mid card in, uh, in night, you know, throughout his career. Well, not even not even mid card. He's probably lower mid card. Like he right. was, he tags. was, he was a nobody. Yeah, tags. I mean, he's in matches with Oz. We all know who Oz is, and we'll I know, we'll bring that guy up uh, multiple times this evening, um, because he was in kind of the same boat. Uh, but the minute you saw Razor Ramon in the WWF, the first thing you said to yourself was, "That's a guy Vince. Know, you know Vince likes. He's big dude." 
big chest, big hairy chest and big, you know, big dude with a bravado. And he was, you know, you see now you see the vignettes on like the Scott Hall DVD and Vince is telling him how to walk and act like they're pretty much acting like Vince. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was that you could tell the minute he came to the WWF, that was a guy that Vince was going to strap a rocket to. Um, but was it going to be a guy that Vince would strap the complete rocket to? And that's something we'll talk about this evening uh, when we go through the whole, through the glass because he loved he liked the character of Razor. But what I really want to talk about tonight is what was it about Razor that Vince didn't think uh, could be that that just that next tick to main event uh, world championship status. What was it about Scott Hall? or the Razor Ramon character that fell just short of being a world champion. And that's what we're hopefully going to attempt uh, to break down tonight is to figure out how much Vince loved that gimmick, but what was, was it just missing that didn't propel him to that next level? Was it his fellow click member, Shawn Michaels? Uh, was it another click member that we'll talk about tonight? It's very interesting because, again, you look at, at Scott Hall, and he was totally a Vince guy, but why was he not the Vince guy? That's, I think, one thing we have to – that's a question that we will attempt, Dave, to answer this evening. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it, it certainly, it's certainly um, a, a really good thing to, to, to look at that question because, you know, when like we said, he, he comes in, he's – Going against Macho, he's he's teaming with Ric Flair at at the Royal Rumble, so he hasn't even been in the company four months. Royal Rumble '93, he's got a world title shot against Bret Hart. Um, he was he was rocketing along. Um, you you sort of you know it, it would have been way too early to ever consider giving him a run at that point. Um, Bret had just moved into that role. They were they were they were wanting to head in that direction of giving Brett the run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think Scott was ever, I, I always, I always, it was of the opinion that the, the Scott Hall, Brett Hart match at the Royal Rumble was, uh, was a card placement thing. It was um, because they weren't wanting to give Ric Flair the rematch because um, there was really, I don't think anyone else um, high enough on the card who would be considered a viable challenger to Bret Hart for that sort of first, um, no, I mean, it's his second, his second title defense, but I mean, the, the, the Shawn Michaels one at survivor series, 90, 92 had been announced before he was champion. So I don't, I don't sort of consider that, uh, an earned shot sort of, this is the first going against a, a, a recognized contender, I mm-hmm. think that he was the only person who was probably at the level that people would have accepted as a viable challenger at, at such an event. And then from there, he, he goes through, sort of he drops back down the card slightly as the Backland matchup mania. Uh, uh, then he, you know, the whole one, two, three kids storyline and, and he, and he's turned face. And I think, you know, that, you know, it was very clear that the fans liked what they were seeing because even at, at WrestleMania nine, they were cheering him against Backlund. So there was something about, about 
Scott Hall, that razor that clicked with the fans very early on. I um I always like I always liked him from when he came in. He uh, there was something about him. He carried I think the way he carried himself, even going straight for Savage. You know, I think it 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 allowed him to be accepted because of how he carried himself, because he had the swagger, because he talked about oozing machismo, and 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 he was a big talented guy. He wasn't uh he wasn't a hack in the ring. I think all that helped the cause to be accepted as someone who was up there, but it probably went too far because I think that it started to get one of those early, early Austin impacts. I call it the Austin impact. The, when the fans turn you because yeah, he was enjoyable to watch. He, he he was fun to watch. You knew what you were getting with him, but you knew you were going to be entertained. So I think that always, uh, always, he he was someone who got the fans interested in what he was doing, whether he was a heel or a face. So I think that was something that worked in his favor a lot of the time. Yeah, and one thing I think that that we're going to mention a lot tonight is there was always one guy in the way. Yeah. Um that Vince looked at as a better heel. Um because Scott Hall and maybe this is to his credit and I'm looking forward to us kind of really diving into this this aspect of it. I think Vince was concerned, not concerned about his getting over with the fans. That wasn't the problem. He was most definitely that was most definitely going to happen. I think what was concerning uh, Vince for 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 Scott Hall was uh, as Razor Ramon is that he was going to split the crowd, and mm. Brett was his guy. He loved Brett, but I think his concern was that Brett would not be as over as he as he would want him to be in a feud like that because. Scott Hall was slowly getting over with the crowd, say by April or May. And obviously the whole one, two, three kid thing. And then the making fun of, you know, DiBiase kind of making fun of him. And then the slow burn leading to the pretty much total face turn in the summer 93, leading to him beating DiBiase at SummerSlam. Vince realized this guy is getting cheers. I, I think we just need to like fully pull the trigger and, and, and turn him babyface. So I think that was one thing that seemed to have been uh, hindering Scott Hall at that moment was his connection with the crowd to the point of, well, if he's going to be a heel against Brett, we may end up getting the crowd split. As much as everybody loves Brett, and particularly at that time, 92, 93, was was Brett over enough that he could have kind of swallowed all of the babyface pops against a guy like like Razor Ramon? Or was Razor getting slowly over with the fans that the crowd might have been a little split? Maybe they noticed something uh, during that Rumble 93 match that Vince said, well, this guy's, there's a few, he's getting a few cheers and People kind of dig the, you know, his bravado. P- 
people also, I think, dug the different colors. Because a lot of wrestlers back then, Dave, didn't have like multiple pack, you know, multiple kits. Everybody mm. had one color. Like Brett was, you know, Sean did, but you know, Brett was pretty much purple and, and black and or purple and black, pink and black and purple and black. Uh I'm thinking of purple because Scott Hall wore purple, he wore red, green. he wore yellow, he wore green, he wore blue, he wore black. It, it was he he did he was he was very um yeah, he, he was very colorful, and uh, I think it added to his presentation. It, it really did stand him out. And, and when, he was, when he was on the run as, as the IC champion, mm-hmm. um, some of the pictures, and I know they did this a lot with, um, with, with Warrior. They were changing the belt color and all that. But there were yep. some pictures out there. Yeah, he'd have his vest, he'd have his belt and he'd have, he'd have his trunks in his vest with whatever color they were going and sometimes the, the 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 leather on the strap of the belt was of that similar sort of color matching so you know they 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 played it up they they did play it up and it, i think that, that that's certainly an element that had a good impact mm. yeah uh i think the other well let's how do you want, let's, how do you want to, before we just start going all over, why don't we, what, what, what do you want to, what do you want to focus on first? Let's, let's pick, let's pick a spot and kind of, uh, uh, well, I think, I think we, I think if we keep heading down, down the, the WWE line, I think, like you said, there was a, there was, there's a key thing that you mentioned before, and that's the, that there always seemed to be someone else in front of him. There was always someone that, that he wasn't, he wasn't, he never seemed to be the number one. He was always the number two. So he, he became IC champ. He was, I mean, the number two baby face on the card until Shawn Michaels turned baby face. And then he was, yeah. So the number three There's always someone ahead of him in, in whatever happened. And I, I think in the early run, yeah, he he proved himself as an IC champ. He, he certainly really you know made that title prominent and respected, yes. and he had a good run. But but throughout those that sort of ninety three, ninety four, um, you know ninety five, there was always there was always someone else above him. He he was probably never looked at as as a world champion before. Then you had you had your Yoko run. You go back to Brett. Um, they wanted to give, I, I guess there's, there's the, inter- the interesting question, I guess there is what happened with diesel. Mm-hmm. I guess the question to ask is, could, could Razor or Scott Hall ever have been considered for the run that diesel got? Right, maybe that's the first place to start. What is it about diesel? What is it about, about Razor? Could, could that run of diesel have been, a Razor Ramon run, or was it that just not really a, a, a feasible option at that time? That's a great question because if you look back, and I'm curious everyone's thoughts, and please uh, comment on our on our place to be uh, Facebook page, uh, uh, folk, uh, comment on our Twitter uh, at PTBN Wrestling. Because I'm curious uh, everyone else's thoughts, what they think about about. Uh, this specific question. What was it about? What was it about 
Diesel that Vince liked more than Razor in mid to late 94. Because let's let's not forget that Diesel was very over as a heel. He was getting some pops. And, and if you go back as far back as the 94 Rumble in Providence, and JR can tell you this, uh, Diesel was crazy over. And then it kind of faded because he was going to get fired, Diesel, in the end of 93. And he saved his job with that 94 Rumble performance. However, I still feel like beginning of 94, Razor was crazy over as a babyface. He gets this epic match against Shawn Michaels in arguably uh, one of the most historically amazing um, matches, uh, you know, of all time at WrestleMania 10 against uh, Sean with the with the ladder match, and he's crazy over there. I mean, he falls, he's holding up the, he does the razor shimmy, holding the two belts. I mean, he was the man on mm. that March night at Madison Square Garden. And then you go through the summer, he loses the title in, I think it was June to Diesel. They do that build, and then at summer, and that was I- and that was still really a follow up. Like while Diesel was given the run, that was still to me, it was always. Like a, it was an offshoot, a follow-on of the Razor Michaels feud. It wasn't. I didn't look at that as part of the Diesel push at the time. I looked at it more as the. Uh, this is a backplay to the to the Michaels Ramon ongoing. So very much like what you got in ECW with. Tommy Dreamer and Raven, all these sudden things would offshoot, but the underlying story story was always Raven. That's what I felt the, the diesel. Well, that's what I felt when it first started, that it really was just, this is about Scott, about razor and Sean. Sean's now got his buddy, his bodyguard into the title picture and, and, and they've managed to steal the title back. That was how I felt about that one. Right. They have this epic match at at SummerSlam 94, Walter Payton, Chicago, everything's great. And I felt like at that point, Razor had graduated from the uh, IC picture. And at some point over the next, you know, two or three months in that fall of 94, uh, Razor was going to be elevated to the main event and win the world title at some point in the fall of 94. Uh, Now, Brett was uh, champion, feuding with Owen. We all know how great that feud was. Diesel and Sean win the tag titles from the Head Shrinkers the night before, or two nights before, I think it was, SummerSlam 94, which made no sense at all. Then Diesel loses the IC belt to Razor. And then I thought at some point Razor would lose the IC belt to somebody. Maybe back to Diesel and then or Razor. Even, or even back to Sean. Or even back to Sean. And then Diesel, uh, Razor would be the one that, that. So it's almost. 
especially when the... they were teasing, especially when they were teasing the the Michaels Diesel tension even at the SummerSlam because Michaels cost Diesel the belt. So you could see that maybe they wanted to put the yeah, you could put the IC belt on on um back on Sean and he and he and um Ray uh, he and Diesel could have had a little bit of a uh, uh, a headlong battle over that while Razor moved up the card. Right. Yeah, I I, I agree. Now going back a year, let's let's clarify this because we we just started talking about it. Uh, would could Razor have been the instead of putting Razor in the match at at Rumble '93 with Brett? Why not? Brett take on another heel in the company, have Razor win the Rumble, and you have Brett Razor at WrestleMania 9 and Razor wins. What was it between November and January of 90, between November of 92 and January of 93, Vince saw something in Yokozuna where he was the better heel? Probably true. Again, like I said earlier, I think the Razor was still getting some face pops even as early as January or February of 93. And I think if you wanted a legit heel, Yoko was the better option at that moment. I think the other thing to, to, to bring into that consideration is you need to ask the question of how early did negotiations start with Hulk Hogan to come back for WrestleMania 9? Because I wonder if that tied into the decision of where they were going as well. Because with with Hogan coming back, it made sense that you want the Hogan-Yoko thing because that fits Hogan's character that fits the way they do storylines with Hulk Hogan, the whole Yokozuna thing. Whereas if, if they weren't negotiating with Hulk Hogan, if Hulk Hogan wasn't coming back, perhaps, perhaps Razor getting, getting the, the, the win, like you said, could have been an option. Right. Uh, but yeah, the fact Hogan was coming back kind of threw everything off and Hogan Razor, like that wouldn't have made any sense. I agree with you hundred percent on that. Uh, Dave, I don't think that would have, I don't think that would have worked. Um, so let's fast forward ahead to 94 and we, we get through the fall razors crazy over and you think to yourself, well, maybe this is the time now. Maybe he has graduated from the IC belt. We'll drop it at some point in the fall. Um, and now it's time for the trigger to be pulled on Razor as um, as champion. Uh, so do you just kind of put Razor in the diesel slot? You still have Bob Backlund beat Brett at at the ninety four Survivor Series. Uh, with the whole Owen thing. And instead of having diesel go to the garden, you have razor go to the garden. Razor beats Backland in 20 seconds with a razor's edge and wins the title. Can't, I think it, is, I, is it, is, I think, is it, oh, I'm sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, you go finish. No, I was just going to say, is it that easy? I'll ask you, maybe, you, maybe what you're about to say is going to answer my question. Is it that simple to, I, 
flip flop so. razor and diesel in that sl- in those slots? Is it that easy? I think it is. I, I think that 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 you've explained it perfectly. Razor was over big time. Um, we all know that Diesel's run did not have the success that they wanted. I think I think part of it is, is the way it felt so hot shotted that he just turned face. Like you know, SummerSlam, he was still a heel. He was getting popular, but he was getting popular because he was having the tension and the the building tension with 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 Sean. And everyone wanted everyone loves the whole let let you know he's being held down. Let's break him away. Let's have him feud. Everyone everyone wanted to see that. I don't right. know if everyone wanted to see Diesel into the title picture, into the world title. I think it is as simple as what you said. You know, the, the belt comes off Razor over, you know, before Survivor Series. Maybe maybe you have Sean steal it, um, get a win back, and that can help build the tension with, with Diesel and, and Sean. But Razor going into that, that championship run, I think it would have been better received. I think it would have had more fan acceptance. And and it opens up the doors for... Um, for what would have been, I think, much more enjoyable main events over over the, the, the following year. I mean, whether they wanted to continue, you know, you, you could have done anything coming out of there. You you didn't have to push the Sean to win the the uh, the Rumble that year. I think that was probably a year early. Um, but there's, I think, Razor would have absolutely knocked it out of the park if he had been given the run. In 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 that time in that that ninety four the post Survivor Series ninety four because they wanted to take it off Brett for a while they were doing it anyway right and so they didn't want Backlund to to run with the belt Razor would have been a perfect choice I don't see how he couldn't uh, the fans dug him he was crazy over I mean were they nervous of the mid card because um. Let's be honest, the roster was not very thick at that time in 95. Vince was, you know, the struggles were there. Everyone argues November 94 to November 95 might be one of the worst years. uh, The first really bad year in the history of the company. Um, But I still think that if you put Diesel as IC champion, uh, maybe you do a build to Sean and Diesel at WrestleMania for the IC mm. title and have Razor perhaps go against Yoko at, at WrestleMania 11. Remember, WrestleMania 11, uh, you could pretty much put anything anywhere because they were obviously pimping Bam Bam and and uh and uh and LT as the main event. So if you didn't have to worry about the world title being you know being the uh the big deal um as the main event of that show then be perfectly comfortable with uh having a, a, a Razor Ramon WWF world title match against somebody and maybe have, for the second straight year, have Sean 
with an IC title match, this time against Diesel. Maybe Sean is the champion going into WrestleMania 11, and Diesel, as the babyface, beats him. Then you get to the build to... Um, you get the build to uh, uh, Sean as a babyface, eventually leading to 96 and then everything in 96 with Brett and him and the Iron Man and all that. Uh, hmm. I-, I think that's something you could still do. So we're not sitting here going, all right, just throw, you know, <clears throat> throw fl- flip-flop diesel and razor and everything's fine. No, we're, we're, we th- you definitely have to do some tweaking. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep the world title on Backland that long. You could, uh, I mean, that would be kind of fascinating instead of, because let's be honest, Brett, I would have no problem having Brett and Owen wrestle a second straight year. I mean, the question you'd ask yourself, Dave, and, and let me ask you this, how hard is it to rebook WrestleMania 11 to cater to Razor Ramon as world champion. Um, I feel like it's not that hard since they were really focusing on a celebrity match with Bam Bam and, and, and LT. You could jiggle the rest of that card. I mean, Jesus, the, the show is in Hartford. I mean, I live here. I wouldn't put a WrestleMania in Hartford. But, you know, <laughs> they were they were in that moment where they kind of had to, you know, go on the cheap side a little bit. So... Really, you could go, you could do whatever you want on that mania and get away with it because you were going to put LT and Bam Bam Bigelow last anyway. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. And there, there were options. I mean, the, I think Razor is champion. His work rate in the ring, his ability to put on good matches, de- yeah, proven to this point in, 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 in his WWE. And he, he had good matches with, with Diesel. Um, you know, he he could pull a good match out of people. I, I you could have done something like, um, you could have put Owen in 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 a in that spot. You could have put, you know, you could have had a rematch with Backlund. Not that I would have gone down that line, but you know, whether it be, um, whether it be Yokozuna, whether it be, you know, all all sorts of. I think he's the sort of guy you could have you could have probably done anyone and and he would have made it work. I think he would have made it work. He would have made it interesting. He would have made it match. I mean, I'm, I'm picturing a, an Owen Hart razor Ramon match for the, for the title as part of Owen's quest to be better than his brother. I mean, the storyline they did at WrestleMania 11 was Owen went, I'm going to do what my brother did. I'm going to win a tag title. Well, why couldn't they have just done Owen do what his brother did win the rumble and go into mania and then, lose yeah it, it, it would have been just as i think there's a lot of options there and um and he would have made i think the big thing is he would have made it work it was not a far fetch it would have been enjoyable to watch and i think that the the fans would have been would have been in on it because you know the longer term arc was always going to be bringing it back to brett later in the year I think that arc, mm-hmm. you could still have carried that arc and, you know, Razor would have, you know, it, it, it would have worked. But in between, we wouldn't have had to have put up with, I don't think we would have had to have put up with, you know, Sid 
and Mabel and and all the crap that went on with them, you could have put some of the other guys. You know, Sean could have had a could have had a match post Mania. You could have done the SummerSlam match. Um, you know, you could have done Sean and and Razor at SummerSlam. You could have done. Razor and you know you, you probably would have got a Razor Taker match in there. You could have done another Razor Diesel match. You could have done all sorts of options, and and it would have been you would have had matches that don't have people looking back twenty thirty years later going that's one of the worst matches of all time. Yep, yep. I don't I don't know if I would have. Well, it it works out that we didn't do Razor. We didn't get Razor Taker because we wouldn't have got the streak because I don't think Taker would have won the belt at that point. Uh, although Taker Razor anything better than than Taker Bundy, but uh, at that time Vince didn't really value Taker's um, um, uh, use or value him, and that might be a good future. Uh, that might be a good future uh, uh, looking glass, you know, rebooking some of Taker's better early opponents because probably, except for maybe Diesel at 12 and maybe Sid at 13, um, a lot of Taker's opponents in, at WrestleMania have had early on were, you know, left a lot to be desired until mm-hmm. we got to probably, I mean, obviously Kane. Uh, but anyway, that's another topic for another day. Um, because would you do Brett? I think Brett Razor, Brett winning the Rumble, and having Brett Razor uh, for the title with Razor retaining in a great match. You it, still it, do Sean could work. Yeah, it could work. You still do Sean. You still do Sean Diesel, except it'll be for the Intercontinental Title. And then everything else would kind of, you know, you put Backlund against somebody. Uh, if you even put him in at all, um, and then maybe do, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the Owen Yoko thing with the smoking guns and, and then everything else and all that, you know, you, the rest of the card kind of falls into place. You find something for Jeff Jarrett. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe you do Jarrett and Owen as a tag team and then save Yoko because I think Yoko if Yoko was told that he was going to get, say, uh, uh, um, a better future in 1995, then maybe he wouldn't have gotten so big and and mm. kind of lost his his standing in the company. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I think. The the two or three best opponents, I think, at that moment for Razor, if he was world champion, would have been Owen, Brett, or Yoko, depending if Yoko stuck around. Mm. Now, here's the question, too, Dave, if we're booking this kind of arc from the fall of 94 into WrestleMania 11, we're just assuming that we stick diesel in that uh, razor in that slot at Madison square garden in November when he beats Bob Backlund in 50, you know, 25 seconds or whatever. Now, do we keep Bob Backlund as champion all the way to WrestleMania 11 and razor wins the rumble? 
would that have had enough legs or do you not even bother? Do you switch up WrestleMania, uh, the 94 Survivor Series? Because here's where the dominoes may come into play here. Is Bob Backlund a strong enough character and a strong enough guy creatively that uh, he could have beaten Brett at the 94 Survivor Series and held the title all the way to WrestleMania 11 um, uh, and then lose to Razor as Razor wins the Royal Rumble. Maybe they do a storyline where, you know, can you beat me again? You beat me two years ago at WrestleMania. Can you beat me again? Uh, And then start like, you know, wrenching his arms or something like that's the only difference. We may have to switch that up because I don't know if Bob Backlund would have been a strong enough heel champion from November 94 all the way to April of 95 to where he uh, to where he could have lasted as a credible heel for Razor to beat at WrestleMania 11. So there's the first question. Does Razor just slide into Diesel's slot at the Garden and beat Bob Backlund in 20 seconds and go into WrestleMania's champion? Or do you find another heel for Brett to lose to so Razor wins the Rumble in Tampa and then beats the heel at WrestleMania? There's the That's the two scenarios that we have to think about. I'm not sure if Bob Backlund's a strong enough heel to be able to carry from November 94 all the way to WrestleMania 11. What do you think? Um, I agree with that statement. I I don't think Backlund could carry the title to Mania. You could have considered maybe holding a title switch off to the Rumble and maybe have um, uh, Razor as the number one contender, especially as he was champion at Survivor Series. That gives you time to take the belt off him and put him in a number one contender's role. The only issue you have in all that is um the the desire of the fans to have Brett get his rematch. Uh and that's that's the one thing that I think the one spanner that flies into any of that is the the longer you keep uh Bob Backland as champion, the more the desire would be, well hang on, Brett didn't lose the title. Brett should have another shot brett didn't you know it wasn't it wasn't fair brett didn't submit he didn't get pinned we all you know so i think the fans would have been sitting there going well if brett's in the ring and brett's healthy then why is brett not getting the rematch uh mm-hmm. i think that the i think you could have tried to come up with a storyline that backland maybe refused to to wrestle um brett at the rumble and um and so razor gets in as the number one contender that i think could have been an option i would not have gone any longer than that and maybe winning the rumble winning the title at the royal rumble would have been a good a good arc a good way to to make that transition and to to allow it to to play out um it certainly would have gone over well i do think that Perhaps just putting 
you know, just putting him into the spot of winning it a couple of days later so you don't have to to deal with that, you know, doing the Madison Square Garden thing that they did might be the better option. Just put Razor into that spot. Let them do the title. It doesn't have to be a 25-second squash. It could be anything. Um, but I think the longer you keep the title on Backland, number one, it, it was always viewed as a fluke. I don't think Backlund was ever viewed as a genuine uh, champion. Um, I, I know as a, as a fan myself, I looked at Backlund as, you know, Brett defended the title against anyone. He he was giving anyone and everyone a shot. That was that was the gimmick of Bret Hart's world title run. Everyone got an opportunity, and Backlund it just sort of came across as. This was just another one of those, and it just so happened that Owen played into it and, and you had the title loss. But if you kept it on Backlund, once Brett's back in action, all you're going to want to see is Brett get the rematch. Mm-hmm. So I think they need to get the title off Backlund as quick as possible. Um, and whether that be Madison Square Garden or or find a way to to have Razor in the, sh- in the spot at the Rumble without sacrificing Bret Hart's the the credibility of of why is Bret Hart not getting the rematch that's that's I think as far as you could have gone yeah yeah Bret it's kind of sad to say this but Bret kind of throws a fly in the ointment here because you have now too many baby faces and uh, I mean you could still maybe you have maybe you have Diesel and oh not Diesel Razor and Backlund at the '95 Rumble have Brett cost Backlund the title. Then you don't want to you don't want an impure Razor win. No, you don't want no. that. No, that no. wouldn't work. No, that wouldn't work. Uh, yeah, that's the key thing is. Uh, what are you going to do about um, Brett? Brett! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brett! Um, yeah, that that's, that's the weird thing because because you want to kind of give Razor a clear path. Now, you could think about Razor later in the year. He wins King of the Ring. Maybe you let Diesel win it the way he wins it. Maybe he loses the title to, say, Owen Hart. And then you have Razor win the King of the Ring. We skip all this Mabel crap. And we have Owen and Razor at SummerSlam. And then maybe you have Jarrett and Sean at SummerSlam. And you give the Jarrett-Sean match that you would have had it in your house too. You have it at SummerSlam. So we could think about a second scenario where we kind of let Razor do his thing, stay IC champion, 
feud with with Jarrett, let Diesel do his thing, have Diesel lose to Owen at King of the Ring, Razor wins King of the Ring, and then the next night on Raw, WWF President Gorilla Monsoon announces that the King of the Ring was actually for the number one contender, and at SummerSlam, we will have Razor Ramon against whoever the WWF champion is at that time, in this case, Owen Hart. Then you do a typical, like, secondary pay-per-view tag. You do, like, Razor, I don't know, uh, maybe uh, Razor Sean against Owen Jarrett or something like that. You know, the two big SummerSlam matches in a tag. You know, Vince didn't give a shit about those secondary pay-per-views. They were only $15 anyway. So, you know, you throw any match in there in these secondary shows. And set up for SummerSlam in Pittsburgh, and instead of all that diesel gar, uh, instead of all that Mabel garbage, you get Razor Owen and Sean Jarrett, because you knew Sean and Jarrett had good chemistry, because that that in your house two match is awesome. Mm. And maybe you hold off a little bit in '95, and have Razor win the world title at SummerSlam instead of before WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. that might oh. be, that might be an easier scenario because I think then, cause I know we both have Brett in our heads and we're kind of haggling over that. I feel like we can smooth the Brett thing over by the time we hit SummerSlam. Then after Survivor Series into WrestleMania, what do you think? <sighs> Yeah, look, it, it certainly it certainly makes it easier. I think the, the the problem with it though is, in my mind, something seemed to happen to Razor after after he didn't get pushed up. Maybe at that point, like we were talking about in 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 late '94, mm-hmm. and um, you know, when you get to that that early, when you get to that sort of '95, that WrestleMania you know, that WrestleMania time period, the shine is off Razor. The, the, Razor has dropped in importance. Uh, the whole, the whole, um, you know, starting to, to deal with the Jarrett's and the, and the, um, and the gold dusts and all that. There was something about that, that seemed like Razor, he was always prominent and he he could he could have easily transitioned back but the shine had gone off him in some way and i don't think he had the the prominent i don't think he was as over in later in the year in that SummerSlam time period that he was the previous survivor series that 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 time period. I know that's just how I feel. I think that Mm -hmm. if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen in that time period that we're talking about, when, when instead of doing the run, instead of diesel, I think the longer it goes, the, the shine, the, the, the less accepted it would have been because the, the Brett Hart, I mean, I guess we come back to Brett, Brett continued to, the ball was rolling under him. He was he was viewed as the more legitimate person. Hadn't lost the run. He was he was always in that 
in that spot. Undertaker was starting to gain more legitimacy as the upper card guy, as the guy that, mm-hmm. you know, I always feel Undertaker should have been in a more prominent role than he was all that time. And then you've got Shawn Michaels' face turn and Shawn Michaels' momentum building as well. So I really feel Razor gets lost in the shuffle the later in the year you push it. And um, and I don't think it would have been as accepted um, as as it would have been late late ninety late ninety three. Uh, All right, 90. I got an idea. I got an idea. This just popped into my head. Let me know what you think of this. Let's get Backlund out altogether. As much as Backlund was an awesome heel, let's get Backlund out altogether. How about Owen beats Brett? at the 94 Survivor Series. Owen finally gets his big win, beats his brother. We can have some kind of cheating there. Well, it could be it could be a similar circumstance to what we had. Backlund could have been his second. They could have done the whole tower. They right. could have done the exact same finish with Owen as the as the recipient. And then Owen and Brett get Owen and Brett could have one more rematch at the Rumble. Another schmaz that helps Owen win. Razor wins the Rumble. And you get... You could still get Brett Backlund at, at WrestleMania 11. And Owen walks in as champion. And Razor beats him. That works. That, that works. That, that works. That works. Um, I think that works big time. Um, it plays... I think it plays a lot of things. Again, you, you would have... You would have had to. You would have wanted Razor to win the Rumble, which I think would have been a very reasonable and accepted outcome. Especially that Rumble when, when really, you only had two guys in it that were going to win it. One was Yoko, who did win it, and the other one was um, Mr. Perfect, who they got out early so they didn't have to have him in at the end. Um, I think that, um, um, yeah, I, I think you're very much looking at. Um, I'm thinking the year before, sorry, but no, Razor, I think would have been an acceptable winner. You, that would work. That, that, um, that scenario works. I think it builds because it allows Razor to continue to build the momentum into a mania win and, and getting it, getting that win at mania would be a big thing. He would have, it would have, it would have continued to launch him. And I think it would have given him the basis for a great, uh, a great, um, Rain probably, yeah, you're probably still looking at a similar end to it, probably that Diesel had that bringing Brett finally gets, you know, a shot. Well, Razor gives Brett the shot, you know, I'm not the champ until I've beaten you, sort of thing. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe Brett wins it back and, and to set up, or, or you have you have him keep it for 12 months and then he loses it to Sean. I, I, and this would this would work because you're building Sean up over that over that twelve month period. Sean's ready for his run the following year. Mm-hmm. Imagine if imagine if it, it was Sean and Razor the rematch, not in this time, not in a ladder, but in the Iron Man match. Uh, and Razor can do the whole. I beat you two years ago. I'm going to beat you again. I'm going to do it again. And um, and then Sean gets his win, and and I I think you would have the you'd have a legit passing of the torch moment as well because you could picture because they're mates, number one, they're, because they're really good friends, they're going to go out, put on the, the classics that they always do. And this is not taking anything away from Sean and Brett's 
uh, match, although I think uh, Sean and Razor would have probably thrown in a few uh, a few results through it. You wouldn't have had the one hour yeah. draw. I think you would have had the, you know, you know, a, a five pins to four or five victories to four sort of thing scenario. And Razor shakes his hand afterwards, raises his hand in the air, points it. This is the champ. Here he is, guys. He beat me. He's my he's my friend. And off into the you know off into the sunset. Razor goes and and Sean launches his t- championship run. I yep. think that works. That really does work. Yeah, and I think uh, and no disrespect to Brett, we're not we're not disrespecting Brett here by any stretch. Uh, we're just kind of come up with a scenario where, you know, and listen, Brett hated that run anyway. He didn't like mm. being the throwaway champion, you know, that beat uh, that beat uh, Ray, uh, Diesel at Survivor Series '95. Admittedly, uh, admittedly, um, you know, you have uh, a, a subpar match with him and Taker at the 96 rumble, which we all know is not one of either of those guys, best matches. Uh, I mean, the, 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 uh, the cage match with diesel at in your house six is good. It's not great. It's good. And then the iron man. So, and Brett always said that he couldn't stand that run anyway. So we book it like this, where, where diesel has a solid run throughout 95 and you build other guys up and maybe as well, Dave, we might be hurting WCW because if Diesel and Razor are happy about uh, their standing in the company, I know that they, uh, I know that they liked the hours. That's more what what Scott Hall would say in later interviews. But if they're at the top of the card. Maybe they don't leave in 96 for WCW and things don't work out the way they plan for Eric Bischoff. Because Diesel may eventually want to run, but that hasn't happened yet. So perhaps Kevin Nash sticks around in 96. Well, you really champion. Yeah, you you build a lot of options there because maybe they stick no. around because Sean is champion and then they hold off the diesel. Maybe Diesel takes the place of Sid at the end of the year and gets the win at you know at that back end of the year and gets a short a short reign, um, you know, sharing the belt with with Sean. You know, I think you, you, you it does it does create if if they were if especially Razor if Razor's had a 12 month run as as world champion which is what we've just proposed he's making that top of the money top of the card money which you know part of the the talk is you know you said it was the hours and the other part was they wanted some more money mm-hmm. um you know Razor certainly would have been making the money diesel may not have and you still made a diesel considering the move but um you certainly are probably looking at ray and, and razor could probably have come off that world title run and had a couple of months off had similar what brett did have a couple of months off rest recuperate and then come back later in the year as you know refreshed and, and ready to go i think you know it, it it would have had them reconsidering their their standing with the company and then you could have Razor perhaps 
wanting a title shot back. Maybe Razor returns heel. Yes. In 96. And he beats up Sean. And they have a feud. And, you know, you somehow get that kind of scenario going and eventually get Brett back into the picture. Maybe you don't think about this. Maybe you don't even need Sid to come back in 96 because his 95 run is, is, I mean, look, and no one's a bigger Sid fan than I am, but that 95 run is absolute garbage. Mm. Um, those matches are shit. Now, could you have razor and Sid at in your house one and, and, and at the, you know, the lumberjack match at in your house two? Would they have, would they have been better with Razor? Maybe, because Razor is a little bit of a different worker than Diesel was. You know, Scott's a little smaller; he could do a little more kind of maneuvering than Diesel could, than Kevin Nash could. So perhaps, you know, you could still have Sid sticking around. The problem was, and we, and this has been said even in the real world, at the back end of '96, you're loaded with main eventers, and then another guy whose name we still got to mention is Vader. He eventually mm. comes in. You got another massive heel. So you have all these giant heels, all these giant faces. It's amazing. The problem was the mid card in WWF in 96 was just very barren because you had all yeah. these guys at the top of the card. So uh, it's, it's really fascinating how we got to this point. Now, maybe regardless of whether they were champions or not, um, maybe uh, uh, Diesel and, and Razor, Scott and Kevin Wanted to go to WCW anyway Just because they, they heard that the schedule is better And they'll get paid more guaranteed money And they want a vacation and that kind of shit And maybe they just That was just part of their thing at that point Whether they were champion well, or not Yeah, the other thing you've got to conceive, The other thing you've got to work into that That whole equation is that Late 95, early 96 Is when Razor's Um Razor's personal issues started to become a problem. <laughs> yeah, excuse and, me. And, yeah, we haven't and, talked about that. And 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 you know, look, I, I, I we we've sort of left that out of the conversation. But I do think when you come to the '96 and the staying around, whether you stay, whether you go, um, you, I wouldn't have been surprised if if Razor had had the run on top. He still probably got the demon issues. It would have been coming out of that run that that Vince probably would have been saying, "You've got to deal with this." Mm-hmm. And Razor's, Razor probably having just had the run he's had, is sitting there going, "You know what? I I don't I, I number one I don't want to deal with it. Number two, you're going to take me off the road means I don't I'm not going to make any money." And he might have been that might have that might have led to him going well. If you're not gonna if you're gonna put me off because of this, I'm gonna go elsewhere where I can get paid. Right. So it, even even that concept alone might have been enough to have him entertain offers elsewhere. Right. So th- that's that's something else we haven't talked about. Now, let's say that maybe. You know, obviously, at the end of 95, beginning in 96, Razor was a champion. He was the Intercontinental Champion because, of course, he would end up losing the uh, the IC belt to Goldust at the Rumble. But if he's world champion, does he realize, you know, Kev, you know, maybe he, the click guys around him are like, listen, you got to you got to lay off this shit. If you're going to be a world champion, Vince is going to expect you to be 100 percent. You can't be mm-hmm. fucking around. This isn't the 70s and 80s where, you know, Harley Race could pound 
a fucking case of Milwaukee's best and then go out and do 60 minutes with uh, with Dusty Rhodes. You know, this isn't 1979. You know, this is different now. And, and Vince mm-hmm. doesn't uh, go for that crap. So uh, I'm curious then if it's a different belt. You know, when he was IC champ, you know, was, yeah, whatever, I'm IC champ, whatever. I could still mm-hmm. go out there and, and, you know, goof off for 15 minutes on a match. But if you're world champion, uh, you can't be having substandard slop, which is pretty much what happened to Diesel. In the fall of 95, the infamous, you know, the In Your House, what would it be? I guess it would have been In Your House 4 match with British Bulldog, which is an absolute pile of crap. And mm. Vince supposedly just screamed at Diesel in front of everybody when the cameras went off the air that you're tanking my company because you suck. And, you know, and uh, now whether that happened or not, who knows? But uh, if Diesel, if, if, if Razor was champion in that stretch in late 95 and he is clean, clean enough i guess let's let's go that let's go that far clean yeah. enough that maybe he gets away with it we get to wrestlemania he has a killer iron man with with sean passes the torch passes the world title something tells me dave just based on how both kevin and scott are i think they would have left anyway yeah i think, well, they I think there's a good anyway. chance yeah i think they would have left anyway and said listen vince Thank you for this amazing run. You've got a lot of guys here. I need a better schedule. I'm, my body's tired. I can't deal with this 310 days a year shit. Down south, they're offering me more money in less days. I know you can't match it right now. So I'm ready. No, no disrespect to you. Thank you. I got to go. And if Vince said, okay, put over Sean one more, you know, do exactly like Diesel. You know, put Sean over in a rematch at in your house. Good friend. I mean, maybe they'll come up with a better title than good friends, better enemies. But um, and then that's it. And then Razor and Diesel Diesel are gone. That that part of the storyline doesn't change. Both those guys go to WCW and we get the NWO, et cetera. And Sean goes on his way and, you know, feuds at Vader and yada, yada, yada. And everything is pretty much the same as we have in, in our in the real world. But. I think the best option and I think we we is is what we just discussed where maybe uh you know Owen finally wins his world title beats Brett at the Survivor Series Backlund's the second we get a Brett Owen rematch at the 95 Rumble and no one can say oh well how many pay-per-view matches are they going to have well shit 1995 alone Brett and Diesel wrestled three times. Then you count the 94 King of the Ring. And why wouldn't we want more Brett Owen matches? I mean, you know, (laughs) Jesus. Give me that every month, you know? Absolutely. Um, So, and then you have, and then Razor wins the world title at WrestleMania 11. The crowd is pumped about it. You don't have to worry about losing any buzz in the arena because you were totally predicating WrestleMania 11 on Bam Bam and LT. So you don't really give a crap about the rest of the undercard because whatever happens, happens. And you go through 95 and Diesel, you know, uh, Razor has some great matches with whoever. And then we get to 96 and he's the one that puts over Sean and the Iron Man in Anaheim. And and I honestly think, and I'm going to be honest, uh, JR and I have said this, and, and, you know, again, this is another topic for another day. I personally, maybe it's because we've watched better Iron Man matches since, I have never thought that that Iron Man match has aged well um, because I think both Triple H and Rock at Judgment Day 2000 and 
The SmackDown match in 03 between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle were both are both better Iron Man matches than that is. Yeah. Uh, so maybe with none of the bullshit of them hating each other under, the, you know, underlying the surface that Razor and Sean end up having a pretty good Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12 because there's no underlying shoot stuff of I'm not letting this asshole pin me bullshit that the two of them did. Mm. Which gave us 60 minutes of boredom, except for a couple of cool super kicks and some other, you know, Sean super kicking the fucking timekeeper guy and the last minute in the sharpshooter. But that middle, like, 40 minutes is drudge. Yeah. It's drudge. Um, so, like, the, the like you know, that might be kind of a hot take because I know as much of a hot take as Sean Kidd hating Savage vs. Steamboat from WrestleMania 3, I have slowly started losing my liking for as a matter of fact, it wasn't in my GWWE top 100. I did not put the Iron Man from WrestleMania 12 because yeah. it just it just hasn't aged well. To me I, think, I think I think that's what I think you, you you hit on the key there is the fact that we've seen better ones. We've seen we've seen ways it can be done uh, that that make it more palatable. You can go an hour. You don't need to have. And I think a lot of people have sort of said the fact that when you sort of hit the 30-minute mark, you knew you weren't going to get anything after that until the right. finish. Whereas, you know, Hunter and Hunter and Rock put on a great one in 30 minutes. Um, yeah. The, the, Brock, the Brock angle one is outstanding. I always like that one. I always like some of the spots in that. Like the whole, I'm going to get disqualified by using this chair – so that I can then immediately get a get a pin back because he's out cold because I've just knocked him out, right. you know, and I could probably get a second one as well. So the the psychology behind it was was very good. So yeah, I think that if they had, I, I feel that if they had announced that the match was just going to be a sixty minute time limit match and they gone to a sixty minute time limit uh, you know your your classic rick flair rick steamboat style match mm-hmm. then i think the bret hart Shawn michaels matches looked in a much more favorable light but because it's the iron man concept that's where i think it it, it pulls out because i think people would give some of that boredom in the middle some of that slow down time spots more acceptance if you're going it's it's a they've got a 60 minute time limit um and you know they're going to go nearly the time i think you know they're trying to do a a a flare steamboat style thing i think the i think it would be viewed in a much better way now than it is Mm -hmm. um yeah i agree with you so so there we go. I think I think we came up with a pretty good scenario in that aspect that maybe 93 was still too early for him. Uh, I think Vince still liked Yoko better as a uh, as the champion at that point. Again, because like you said, of the of the Hogan situation. So I think we had I think we have some good uh, I think we have some good scenarios there I, I think the owen winning works and uh um you know having a good run in um you know having a good run in 95 and then he's the one that passes it off to brett 
and maybe we get or to Sean and maybe we get a better Iron Man that's not as boring or uh or you know shoot fighting in terms of you know I'm not letting this guy pin me stuff. So mm. uh where do we go next, uh Dave? Uh, what's the next uh scenario as we are fl- floating through the alternate universe? Well, I, I think the the next the next stop I guess is we've we, we've already raised the fact that that Scott Hall Kevin Nash they went to WCW the, the NWO was formed and and you know I I wonder if there was ever a chance for Scott to have a run with the title in WCW because just about everyone had a run with the title in WCW. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm a hell Scott. I think if you were wrestling it in, in WCW, you could have had a title run there. Pretty I mean, much. It was, it, it felt like that for a while. And, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to, 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 to raise this is while, while Kevin and Scott often played second fiddle to Hogan's politics and Hogan's, desire to always be the champ for all time um in 90 in in late 97 scott hall won the world war three battle royal and Mm -hmm. the world war three battle royal always came with the the um the just like the rumble the the prize was a world championship shot now i i just i i want to throw it out there could 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 that have been harnessed in a better way than what it was? And I know that WCW didn't didn't think ahead very well and didn't plan very well. And and you've really got to deal with Hogan's politics. But if if they had gone the way of Sting winning the title legitimately at Starcade and not the crap that they put on, which meant you don't have the belt held up and the bloody rematches that they that they right. did. Yep. You could have had Sting as the ch- as the champion, Scott Hall sitting on this world title shot and you've got Goldberg starting to build underneath with with the with the momentum that he's starting to build. And I and I, I was wondering whether or not Scott Hall if they could have harnessed that championship shot and given Scott Hall a short run with the title and had Scott Hall be the one who drops the belt to Goldberg. And how that sits with people. Um, I feel like is is Goldberg winning over Scott Hall have the same gravitas as Goldberg beating Hogan? Uh, that's the only question because I think like I mean. <laughs> The, the only problem with Goldberg at the time or the, with with that with that win uh, is that he Hogan had already lost the belt once in a um I mean for lack of a better term a throwaway match to um Lex, Lex Luger on that Nitro and then he holds it for a week and then he loses it at Road Wild or Hogwild whatever the hell it was mm. called in 97 So if you look at it that way uh, could you carry Scott Hall as a champion to the point where um, he could be built up as a credible contender or a credible champion 
that's big enough for WCW to draw Goldberg beating him. Now, the only way maybe you get away with that is if you just do it in a squash. Like Goldberg, you know, since the, it's the back end of Scott Hall's career at this point, it's not like you got to put him over anything. You maybe have, uh, you know, Goldberg beat him in like a minute uh, at that mm. point. Um, that's it, See, that's to me the only way that I think that works. Because at that point, Scott Hall's not Hogan. So I don't feel like the match as a whole has that as big a deal than the Hogan-Goldberg one they had in July of 98 at the Georgia Dome would have, particularly since it's Goldberg's backyard. Now, if we didn't have the Wolfpack and all this splitting and all this crap by 98, although I don't know if the Wolfpack was a thing in 98. Yeah, I guess it kind of was. Um, and you've got uh, like a split. If the NWO was still rock solid and Goldberg had to like have all these dudes have to go through all these guys to get to Scott Hall on this one night on Nitro. You get one shot, Goldberg, but you have to stay undefeated. You know, you don't beat Scott Hall. You're done in this company. You get one shot and that's it. And then you're out of here. You're a flash in the pan. You're a floozy. You're, you've, you've had, you know, they could rip him. You get your streaks been predicated on a bunch of losers like Raven and all these guys they can make fun of. Cause they love burying guys like that in the company. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, and then lead it to that, maybe you could get away with that. Because at that point, Scott Hall's not a up-and-coming stud that you're going to keep around anyway. So if you wanted to give Scott Hall just for like, kind of like Bob Backlund in 94, if you want to give him a you know, if he left the WWF without winning the world title, and you wanted to give Scott Hall this like one kind of shining lifetime achievement award title, similar to like Hogan winning it, at back winning the, the WWF title at Backlash 2002 over Triple H, similar to that, then you could. And he gets his moment, and then Goldberg like totally fucking buries him in like a minute and a half. All right, I could, I could, I could, I could go with that. But you can't build it the same way you built Hogan and Ed Goldberg because Scott Hall just doesn't have that gravitas that Hogan does. But you could, I, you could book something similar to that in terms of getting Goldberg over just in a, in a different style than what they did with him and Hogan. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head right at the beginning. There was something, there was something special about Goldberg beating Hogan. There was something that made it such a big thing, uh, mm-hmm. that, that he beat the legend that is Hulk Hogan and the guy who had, you know, by hook, by crook and by political, you know, chicanery had that title for so long so i i think i i I think i agree i don't think that would be the time for scott hall to to do it i raised it because they had given him the world war three spot and to it, it showed i guess the wcw did still have faith that scott hall can be at the upper end of the car and perhaps they had that faith a little bit earlier than they might've been willing to give Nash the run. Um, if, if Scott Hall hadn't, hadn't had the, um, the demons rise up again, hadn't had his, his issues that he had, um, and which were, unfortunately they turned storyline at the back end of 
98, and I always hated that storyline. Mm-hmm. Is is Hall a credible option instead of now? Do we do we come back to where we came to earlier? Do we sub Nash out and Hall comes into that spot? Is is Hall a credible person to end the the streak? If he's if he hasn't hit, I'm not saying he doesn't win the title earlier in the year. Everything happens the way it happened. Can can you just straight out substitute Hall into that spot instead of Nash? Does it work? I don't see why not. I mean, I don't understand. Like, I still always wondered at that back end of '98 why Kevin Nash was this was this big deal kind of thing. Like, why Nash was so like that Goldberg. I always wondered why that Goldberg Nash match at Starcade '98 was such a big friggin' deal. Like, I didn't. I never really got it. So my answer is yes. I think you can. I think you can. I think you can easily put uh, uh, Scott Hall in that slot, and 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 it works just as well. I think. Um, you know, you still have the streak end with, uh, you know, this is kind of like a continuation of what we talked about back in our one, one, two, third episode of the show. We talked about Goldberg streak. We really didn't bring up Scott Hall because we were more looking at it from a we weren't talking about Goldberg opponents as much as it was um, how to can we keep him undefeated. So that yeah. was different. That's why we didn't bring up Scott Hall there, because we weren't talking about guys for him to lose to. This is different because we're trying to talk about guys he could lose to. Um, and again, I never wondered why. Goldberg was such a big deal. I, I'm sorry. Kevin Nash was such a big deal as that guy at Starcade 98. Like why? I don't understand what the big deal was about that match. It's just Kevin Nash. It's nothing earth shattering. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't see why. Like for me, Scott Hall, who ne- now. Let me ask you this, Dave, before we continue. We're predicating this on the fact that he would have never won the world title at in the WWF to this point. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. OK. Yeah. So this is different, I think. It's a better story. Scott Hall might be, you know, maybe he starts cutting promos like, listen, Goldberg, I need this. You know, I've gone my whole career. I've won all championships. You know, they talked about WWF back then. Nobody gave a shit. I won the Intercontinental title. I've won tag titles. I've won the U.S. title. You know, I've won, but I've never been a world champion. So you're going to get the real Scott Hall at Starcade. You're not going to get the guy who's drunk. You're not going to get the, hey, yo, survey time. You're going to get me. The guy who's busted his ass for, at this point, 14 years to be in this business. You're going to get the real me at Starcade. So, to be honest, Dave, the story might be even more compelling if it's Scott Hall and Goldberg at Starcade 98 instead of Kevin Nash. Because Kevin Nash had already won the WWF title. Who cared? Mm. But if, if, if Scott Hall changes his tune... And starts cutting promos that are in that vein of, listen, Goldberg, you're just in my way. Look at you. You just walked into this freaking place, beat a bunch of scrubs, and now you're champion. I've broken my ass for 14 years watching everybody else become champion. Well, I just got to high five and, and, and cut promos. It's my turn. I am not oh. ending my career without being the world champion at least once. And you're just in my way. So you're going to get the best Scott Hall that you'll ever see. Yeah. I'm serious. And if they change Scott yeah. Hall's tone in the back end of 98 and put him in Kevin Nash's slot for Starcade, 
I'm telling you, I think you would get a good, compelling story about a guy who's going to say, I got to be, I'm tired of being everybody's best friend. Oh, well, that, Sean that was, was world champion. I was his boy. Oh, Kevin yeah. Nash was champion. I was his boy. I'm tired of being everybody else's boy. I want to be the man. You know what I mean? And that was that was part of, if I remember right, and I mean, look, we're, we're talking, I mean, how long is it? How long is it now? 20, 23 23 years ago. Yeah. But if if I remember right, part of the whole breakup, part of the Nash Hall breakup and 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 you know in in 98 where Hall turned on Nash, part of the concept I thought was that not not necessarily as overt as that, but certainly that underlying thing of you know, I'm not going to be held back by you anymore. You always take the limelight. You've always had the, the attention, and I want what's due me. So that that storyline that you've put forward and those interview ideas, to me, sits in with the whole reason why he turned his back on Kevin Nash and, and why they broke up. You know, he chose to break the outsiders up in the first place was that idea of, this is my time. This is not about you anymore. This is about me and me getting what is due me and not having to share it. So it fit not just a build into a Goldberg match, but it fit the reasons why he turned his back on Kevin Nash in the first place. Right. So I think you, I think you really can get a good story out of this. I really do. Mm. So, Maybe he's not the guy that loses to Goldberg, but maybe he is the guy that maybe beats Goldberg. Because let's be honest, this isn't the take. This is at the time, and I don't want to get too much into Goldberg Street because again, we did an entire episode on it. Mm. But this isn't this isn't Taker. This isn't Brock at WrestleMania 30, where we're all like, "What the frig?" And we had that conversation too on our last episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we we know a lot about streaks, Dave and I. Um, but, all right, so Scott Hall broke Goldberg's streak. Who the hell else in that company at that time would have gotten a rub on beating Goldberg's streak? Booker T hadn't reached that that single status yet. I mean, he was feuding with Benoit with the, well, I don't know if it was the TV title or the U.S. title. I think it was a TV title. TV. So, you know, that was, but was there anybody who, Scott Steiner? I mean, come on. There was nobody in that company that you could look at and go, and we've talked about this, Dave, in the, la- in the the episode we did about this, so I'm not going to go too deep in the weeds. But at this point, if you're going to give Scott Hall that that shot, I think it's fine. Because there's nobody else in that company. Because, you know, again, you're we're thinking that at the time, WCW is going to be around for a while. It wasn't until, you know, mid to late 2000 that <laughs> the WCW was. <laughs> so, you know, late 98, they were still kind of feeling good about themselves. We don't know how long Goldberg streak would have gone uh, in when we're talking about this specific scenario. So who knows? But at least I think you would have gotten a much more compelling story hmm. than Kevin Nash in that spot because Scott Hall could have cut some serious, like they would have had to tell him, listen, Scott, you got to stop fucking around. You, you need to be serious. Now we really need to build this match to something huge. So you could say, listen, I'm tired of being everybody's like pal. You know, I got to stand around and celebrate with everybody else when they won the world title. This is my chance, Goldberg. Mm. My chance now. And you're not gonna no, you're not gonna get the goof, goofy, shit faced Scott Hall. 
you're going to get the guy who was Razor Ramon and or whatever. You're going to get the guy from the early mid nineties who was at the top of his game. Yeah. I think that works. It does. I think, I think it would have, I think it would have been a good, a good cap, uh, a good way. And like you said, it, it, it's that sort of moment. He doesn't need to hold it long. He can, it, 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 it whatever they could transition it off he could hold it for who knows they could have done all sorts of things but mm-hmm. and a lot of it would have been predicated on how long he can stay clean for um you know but and you're in an era then when if he does start to have troubles with his demons you just take the belt off him at a nitro or a thunder and you know mm-hmm. you just move on you know you right. can you can you can deal with the demons in a, in a, in a much quicker way than than Vince could have in in WWE in 1993 um, when things were taped three, four weeks in advance and, you know, right. you, you, you couldn't, you know, uh, a sudden change in direction was very difficult to deal with. So right. it certainly, it certainly um, would be, it would have made a good, a good story. And, and, and the reality is that that concept, that story would have fit any time post Goldberg as well, up till the end of WCW, you could have run that, that storyline, the whole "I want my time" storyline, at any point for for Scott Hall post post ninety eight. The problem is that the demons were well and truly ingrained by that point, and you know he he couldn't stay s- sober enough long enough to 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 get through a few weeks, let alone build into a championship reign. Whereas at least at that back end of ninety eight. He had the he had the credibility of the NWO run. He had, you know, Hogan was temporarily out of the picture, and um, he was, yeah, I think, you know, he was probably sober enough, yeah, because they obviously they obviously had their eye on him because they, you know, in 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 the real world, he he was part of the storyline, and they were building into, uh, you know, he had the match with with Goldberg, you know, four weeks later it sold out, so he was obviously sober enough for long enough that they could build a bit of a storyline around him anyway. So you could have done that, that world championship opportunity. And I think it would have been uh, easily acceptable uh, and probably more palatable than what they did with the Nash storyline. Yeah. And and I think it would have been a good capper for him. And if he wanted to be like, all right, I'm good. He holds the belt for what? A month, a couple months. And then, you know, loses at Super Brawl. Goldberg wins it back or whatever. And then we, you know, we move along. Because at that point, if Goldberg's still a main eventer, he's still a stud. And, uh, you know, Goldberg would still be the top guy. Maybe the streak's over, but streaks, I mean, that's that only goes so long. You know what I mean? You know, WrestleMania streaks are one thing, but trying to win every match ever, how long is that going to last before it starts to lose its luster and you bury the whole roster? So, you know, uh, Scott Hall wins it, gets his his crowning moment as champion, uh, maybe even a baby face, like, you know, kind of like Taker at SummerSlam 98, shooing off Kane against Steve Austin. Uh, the NWO guys come in and say, no, 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 no. I, I, got, I need to do this myself. Hit the bricks. And then... <laughs> They win the he wins the title and then the next on a nitro they beat the crap out of him. And, for, for not uh, for not for not for not uh, letting them help him. You, you've right. obviously turned your back on us. Yep. And then he can he can have a series of 
he can have his match. He can have a match with Nash then. I mean, that that would actually make a good that would have made a good storyline from there. He he you know, the, the the NWO he thinks he's standing up for himself. I've gonna I'm gonna do this myself. The next night the next nitro or the week after the NWO go hell no, you you know, you've turned your back on us, bang, beat down. Hogan comes back. You could have you could have a, a Hall Nash match, you could have a Hall Hogan match, you could have Hall have a series of battles with the NWO in, in a way that would have been interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, he gets his, his moment, you know, and a much deserved one for a guy that busted his ass for 15 years, helping other guys get over his champion. And this is his one moment that he could be a champion. Mm. I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't think it's anything that, would have heard anything. And I think maybe it might've been something to keep WCW afloat. You know? Yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. It might've been very helpful, you know, to, to keep the company going. If you do, you do a storyline that's compelling uh, for a guy that's still universally liked. In Scott Hall, mm. you know? Yeah. So I like that, Dave. Mm. I'm very I'm very proud of that scenario we just came up with. <laughs> Kudos to you and I. I'm proud of that. That's our little Easter gift to each other. That's Who it. needs chocolate when we can give Scott Hall the world heavy with the world title, right? No That's calories it. on that one. <laughs> 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 so um but uh what about uh let me help you with this one. Uh I mean he obviously comes back, so he leaves WCW when WCW, you know, hit the shitter. He was one of many who instead of going to Vince decided to just steal Time Warner's money for sitting on their lazy asses for a year. And honestly, if you were them, I would too. I'm like, Vince, look, Vince will Vince will want us eventually. Don't worry about it. Let's just get let's just take Time Warner's money instead of ripping instead of ripping Vince off for being lazy. Screw it. We'll, uh, we'll, um, uh, steal Time Warner's money and then we'll talk to Vince. And, uh, and then go from there. So that's what, that's what he does. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hogan, all those guys, they sit home throughout 2001 while WWF does their invasion storyline, stealing money from the company, from Time Warner. And, and then, of course, Scott Hall uh, comes back in 2002. Uh, what do we think? What do we think yeah. about 2002? Obviously, the way it happened was not uh, great. <laughs> um, I, think, I think the thing about O2 is, again, when you – I look at – what they did when they brought him in mm-hmm. and what they did is they immediately put him with Austin. Now I, we, we know where that ended up going. Austin didn't like it. Austin didn't want to really do it, whether or not Austin, whether or not, and this was a byproduct of the fact that depending on who you listen to, Austin maybe didn't want to work with Hogan. So they went the next line, but, and, and Austin had, reservations about maybe 
Scott Hall's ability to stay clean. There's all sorts of stories there, but they put Hall with Austin. Again, showing that in Vince's eyes, he's a top guy. He's a guy that he sees can work at the top of the card. So, you know, you've, you've got it. You've got it. If you start with the premise that there's something in Scott Hall that Vince saw as marketable as uh, I'm putting him against Austin at WrestleMania. Now the match was terrible and they yes. didn't build, they didn't build out of it, out of it appropriately. And then I think more importantly, and, and that's, there's other reasons for the, for how the, the storylines were built and, you know, Austin spitting his dummy and going home and all that sort of jazz. Um, and, and then you had the whole airplane ride from hell, which, you know, it bit Scott Hall, it bit Kurt Hennig, it bit a couple of other guys in the mm-hmm. arse and, and, and cost him. But, but again, if Hall was able to keep himself out of trouble, they are definitely positioning him for, for something. Whether or not he would have had a world title running in 02, I don't think, I don't think it would have happened then. Um, but it certainly, can you imagine Scott Hall having a run as a challenger for Hunter? Hunter's just one that wins the title at that mania, you know, taking the belt off Jericho. And then they did, you know, what happened post WrestleMania? What happened at the, you know, in that O2 post WrestleMania time period? That's, that there's there's another podcast for another day. Um, the entire oh, yeah. storyline is is, it. but you've got Hunter as champion. You know, raise Scott Hall would have been a, a real good challenger for for Hunter off the bat. I think I, I think it would have been something if you wanted to keep the belt on Hunter for a while. There's a credible challenger. There's someone who could do it. I I, I think I, I think in O two there was no chance of of a title run at that point, but he certainly could have been in the picture, um, mm-hmm. helping helping put Hunter over, helping that that journey. You know, they go to the two the two belts later in the year, and if he was able to stay clean and stay with the company that long, you know, he's a guy you could easily have put into that slot of. You know, the, the way they've done over the past few years with Samoa Joe, the way they did for Kane for so many years. We've got a world champion. We want a credible challenger to help legitimize a championship reign. Scott Hall could have fit that role quite easily in 0203. Maybe, I, again, I think, I think this is a, an even deeper hole than say 95 into 96 when it came to uh scott hall's problems Mm. um i think by oh two he was just looking for the check so the answer to your question would he have been a credible challenger for hunter I, i think i have to say no uh i think uh at this point i think the problem was and I, I hate to say this about Stone Cold, but Austin really had no one to blame but himself on this one because Hogan and Austin was the match everybody wanted to see. And because you had the two, no disrespect to Rock, but Austin and Hogan were the two biggest icons of the two eras of wrestling at that time. Hogan was the face of the Federation era. Rock was, or Austin was the face of the Attitude era. Who was the bigger champion? 
who was the bigger money guy, who was the man. That was the match that should have happened at WrestleMania 18. And it didn't because hope because Austin was 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 feeling weird. So he blew that off. So Scott Hall was his only other option unless he did nothing. Mm. Um, So I can't as much as that match. Is not great. And Rock Hogan ended up becoming an iconic match. Hogan and, and Austin is what really should have happened. And didn't. So. I don't know what Hall. Could have done at that point. But I do think. That. He was there. Because Nash and Hogan went. And they were there to. To. Uh, pay the bills. He was there to take a check. So was he in any capacity to be a challenger for anything major? No, no, I don't think so. But, but if you, if you, if you look at, um, if you look at who was around at the time and I know, I mean, and it was a strong roster, but with what happened almost immediately after rock leaves, Austin leaves, um, you know, flares doing his thing, You've got always got Taker. He's always around. But if you wanted to give Triple H a longer run with the title than they did, and and look, this isn't the podcast to get into that. This isn't the episode to get into that storyline. Right. Yeah. But if they if they wanted to give him a, a a run longer than they did, in my mind. They could have put Scott Hall into a into a into a shot against Hunter, and and I don't think anyone would have sat there and gone, oh, he he, he that that doesn't work. That that that's not that that's he's not he's not he, it's never going to work that match. I think who Scott Hall was and what he brings to the ring, if he was put into a match with Hunter for the title, I don't think anyone would have sat there and gone. Oh, it, it, it never works. I, I think everyone would have assumed Hunter would have won, which if you're d- trying to build a, 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 a run for him, it, it, it does. I, I think I, I agree that I just don't think he would have been able to, to stay in his right mind long enough to build up because it's not something you would have done in the first month or two. It's something you might've done maybe before a SummerSlam, like, you know, the, 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 a, a month before SummerSlam, if they gave Hunter a, a long reign, you know, he works through, you know, he gets a win over Hogan. He gets a, a win over Taker. Well, where does he go next? He's, he's knocking over all that. He's already beaten Jericho. He's already beaten these guys. I could see that if Hall had hung around and you booked him right, it would have been very easy to go, we're going to give Scott Hall the shot here. He's never had a title run. He's never been a champion. Scott Hall does the whole, it's my time. You've had your time that we've talked that storyline through. I think it would have been accepted as, it would have been acceptable to the fans, but you, you, you no way could you have ever put him over. Um, I just don't think he could have made it long enough. I, I think what we saw from him was, was where it was going to go. Uh, all, all mm-hmm. time and and i just think I, I just bring it back to the fact that they he was in such a prominent position when they brought him back in that it sits there it stands to reason that if he was if he was clean i could see vince saying 
why don't we why don't we um have Hunter wrestle Scott Hall next month um for the title? I, I think I, I could just see it happening because it seems that Vince still saw something in Scott Hall until the airplane ride happened. Um, perhaps. Uh, if there's anybody in, in my podcasting life, Dave, that can sell ice to an Eskimo, uh, I think that would be you. Because you're starting to kind of, I think I might be picking up what you're putting down. Because we take into account about the whole Hogan thing that happened with Rock at WrestleMania. And Vince jumped on that, like, immediately, more for money than anything else. Because he only held the belt a month, just like Triple H only held the belt a month. Mm. So, the the chance that Hunter holds the, the world title for longer than a month, and maybe he goes, you know, does Hogan stay a heel, and the NWO still stalks uh, um, the company and stalks Triple H, uh, and Hall gets maybe the title shot at Backlash, and then... Nash maybe gets the title shot at at Judgment Day, and then we hold off Taker and uh, and Hogan never wins the belt because obviously that was never a thought mm. when they got there at the first time, you know, when they first got there in the first place. So um, you might be uh, you might be right. Maybe maybe he's a guy that. Uh, um, that maybe that's a possibility. That might be a possibility. Um, I tell you, Dave, you're amazing. <laughs> because I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I could have done that. I think you, uh, I think you uh, might have sold me on that at least for one title shot. I wouldn't have had him yeah. win it. No, but. No, it's it's a, it's a shot. It's that it's that, like you said, I think you've got to predicate it on you don't have Hogan go face. You don't give the title Hogan. Like, I think the original plan for Triple H was to hold the belt until at least SummerSlam, and then we saw the swell of Brock. You could have had Brock if they could. I, I would have wouldn't have all been surprised. Triple H holds the belt till SummerSlam. Brock beats him there. You know, I think that would have been the thing. But you've to get Triple H to SummerSlam, he's got to have other title matches. And I think if if Hall stayed in his right mind, you know, you could have had Triple H beat Hogan. You then could have had Hall and Nash go, oh yeah, no, now it's our turn. Um, you know, that he beats he beats Hall, he beats Nash. Or, you know, he beats Hall, he goes on, he beats Taker, he beats, you know, Rock. And then, you know, he, he ends up facing Brock at, at SummerSlam. And then I, I think Brock was always on a trajectory. So I don't think anything would have changed that. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. So, um, and then the plane ride from hell happened and everything went mm. went downhill yeah. from there. And, um, I, and I, raise, I raise it because you look at what they did two years later with when Hunter is in that super long reign and then Nash comes back and Nash has his little two two pay-per-view series with Hunter then mm-hmm. with right. no real backstory. Yeah, 
it's not that anyone i mean everyone knew they were mates everyone knew they were friends everyone knew that that nash was never going to win the title but you still looked at him and went i can see why it would be at least acceptable I just see that Hall just sort of fits in that same mold, but Hall is always going to put on a better match than Nash does. You know, that, that's how I see Nat Hall, and that's why I, I wonder if Vince would have done it had he been, had we not had the plane ride from hell. It might not have been Backlash. It might have been, it could have been King of the Ring. It could mm-hmm. have been anywhere in that, in that six-month time period where he goes, okay, we'll give Hall, that, Hall a shot so that we just get through another month. I just think it would have happened. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you could have done it. Um, yeah, I think you could have done it. I, I, uh, I think you just sold me. Just give him a one shot, help Hunter kind of put over his reign. And then, uh, uh, and I guess you in in that mold you're using Hunter to end the NWO. So, <laughs> so you know we just and another thing that Hunter's killed in his in his in, <laughs> you know, over the of his career. Uh, and I think he'd be very proud of that. As would I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a lot of fun, Dave. I I think we I think we uh, you know I I get more and more confident whenever you and I are together uh, on this fine program to dive into a storyline that uh or dive into a a journey that uh we might not be able to tackle i didn't think we could tackle the ultimate with the goldberg streak that i thought was tricky uh i think we did a good job with ultimate war i mean our all our shows are great but these those couple in particular because when i was doing my research i'm like wow can dave and i pull this off and this was another one that i thought what can we what can we do and uh we did. So I hope everyone enjoyed this. Uh, you added a question here that I think maybe we can uh, we can uh, 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 tackle maybe for another day when we bring up somebody else. But are there other guys on on the pantheon of Scott Hall level of guys who um, – the greatest ever that never won the world title. Uh, Scott, I think Hall, we, I think we mentioned them. that. I think we mentioned that very early on. Um, yeah. You know, you've got your, you've got your Kurt Hennings, you've got your, your Ted DiBiase's, and I'm sure, you know, we could probably come up with it with, with, with a list of another nine or 10 people that, you know, your Roddy Pipers, you know, people who, yeah. who, who never won the world title. And, and, and the business has changed. Yeah, the business has clearly changed. I mean, if those guys were wrestling in their prime today, oh, every single one of them probably would have multiple world title reigns to their to their name now. But um, you know, it, it's a different it's a different time these days. It's a different it's a different era. But Scott Hall is certainly one that is up there. I think Scott Hall, if Scott Hall. Uh, was at his peak. If Razor Ramon came along in the mid 2000s, I think Razor would have had. We would be talking about. I think he would be in. He would be comparable to someone like Edge. If Hall had come along in the modern era, in the last 20 years, 
rose up and 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 hit his stride in in the modern era. I think we'd be talking about him in a similar vein to the way we talk about Edge. Yeah. Um, you know, but but he didn't. He came up in, a, in he came up just before that era, um, in in a time when you didn't. Yeah, the world titles weren't handed out like like um, you know, like lollipops and uh, and and you know the guys. You know, it was a lot harder to earn them and it was a lot harder to hold them. And and I think you know, I think we've shown tonight that Scott Hall would certainly wouldn't have been out of place on a couple of occasions that it legitimately probably could have, could have taken a title run where he was and, and held it. And I, and, and it would have been acceptable to, to the audience of the day. So, you know, I think that's, that's a credit to how good Scott Hall was in the Mm -hmm. ring. Um, the characters that he portrayed, um, he will be missed. Um, it's, you know, we're not going to hear, you know, when they do these reunion specials, we're not going to see any more hey yos. We're not going to have any more surveys, and um, you know, it, it, it's it's you're not going to potentially have the clamouring for could he pull off one more match? You know, we're never going to see that opportunity. It's a shame that Scott Hall's demons got got the better of him for so long, and he and he was going through all the rehab and all the all the stuff he went through to try and you know, rebuild his life. And it would have been great to see Scott Hall, you know, I guess for me, the last memory we have of Scott Hall in ring, apart from, you know, sort of raw anniversaries is that WrestleMania run in with the Hunter sting match. Um, you know, it, it would have been nice for, it would have been nice. We've just, we spoke at the beginning of the show about Austin getting that farewell match. It would have been nice for Scott Hall to maybe get a farewell match at a, at a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam. We're never going to get that now. It's a, it's a shame. Um, and he will be missed. He will. And uh, uh, he is in that pantheon. I just wanted to make everyone, you know, a reminder of that because I know we kind of talked about it earlier and we we mixed it into the other topics, but I wanted to, to really put in there the guys like a Piper and a Perfect. Although Perfect technically was AWA world champion. Depending he on was. how you, it depends on how, how, how much you think that title has any credence. But anyway, um, you know, but uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Looking Glass. I had a blast. I always have a blast when I'm with Dave. Uh, Dave, where can I know we bring it up every month, but again, for someone who's listening to this for the first time, where can everyone find you? Um, so you can uh, you can find me on on Facebook, uh, usually lurking the uh, the, the 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 PTB. Uh, PTB pages, um, you know, feel free to, 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 to message up. Um, I don't, I don't do Twitter. I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not that sort of, I've, I've, I've sort of steered clear of Twitter, but, um, feel free to hit me up through Facebook. And, um, you know, if you want to hear some more stuff that I'm doing, um, jump over to the, to the North South, um, uh, stream, um, and the Cronoso dailies, uh, you'll, you'll hear a little bit of me through there every couple of weeks. Uh, it's pretty great the, over there in the nose. So the chrono, so it's pretty good. Uh, you can obviously, unfortunately, I do Twitter, but uh, I try to avoid all the, the muckety muck. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott C. Podfather, uh, but most definitely follow the brand on Twitter at PPBN Wrestling. We do a ton of polls. Uh, after this episode drops, go to Twitter. I might actually put a question. What do you think of, uh, you know, what do you think of our theories of Scott Hall and where he could be uh, in our, our scenarios as world champion? 
Uh, are we out of our mind? Could it not happen? Do you have other scenarios in your head that could happen? Share them with us because we love to we love to hear from all of you. And we always thank you for for making us what we are here on the PTB Wrestling Network, not just this show, but all the shows. Uh, of course, yesterday, a new episode of uh, Pedestal dropped. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, when it does drop uh, later this week, we'll have a new episode of Highway to the Impact Zone, a new episode of uh, NWA Crock and Roll. Uh, and of course, this weekend, a new episode of the NWA Saturday special with myself and Dr. G. Uh, that'll do it. Join us next month for another uh, crazy installment of Through the Looking Glass, where we'll pick up some strange day somewhere in the recesses of Dave's mind. We'll find some uh, <laughs> crazy uh, uh, question where we go to an alternate universe and try and fix something uh, or look on the alternate side of something that happened in wrestling. Thanks for joining us. For Dave, I'm Scott. You have been through the looking glass. <laughs>